Welcome to our next adventure with Chemology 411, a podcast about anything and everything. Kim and her guests will take you behind the scenes, behind the story, or behind the bar. So sit back, make sure your seatbelt is fastened, tray table in its upright position, all carry-ons stored under the seats. But for this adventure, electronic devices must remain on as we are ready to take off on our next adventure, introducing Kim Schultz and Kimology 411. Hi everyone and welcome to Season 3, Episode 129. Our topic this evening is, well, I don't know. It's just a lot of topics. We're just going to pick some topics. I'm in tax season. I don't have any planning ability. I barely can get my work done, let alone work on this. So I do have a couple things we're going to talk about. But reality is, is we're going to start the show off with some randomness. I'm Kim Schultz, and I'm your adventure coordinator for the show. Let's say hi to my co-host, Tyson Harley. Boy, I might my stomach is full. I'm fairly oh, happy yes. after after a difficult last a few days for me where I, I didn't think I'd be as happy. So I know yes, we were a little worried about a, you. Already spent a little bit of time together tonight. Yeah, we had supper club. Everybody knows we do supper club and Kelly was in town from Utah, so I planned it so she could come. She likes our supper clubs. Speaking of my weird new maybe intuition vibe connection i pull into the restaurant but it was too full so i had to park on an adjacent street i'm behind a vehicle that has kansas plates but i'm like that looks like the back of kelly's head i think that's kelly how many times have i ever met kelly (laughs) once and it didn't say utah no it's like yep that's her that's her look at you yeah, it's kind of weird. You're getting all you're getting all crazy. Yeah, we did. We went to um, one of the local Mexican restaurants in Topeka. Great food, good margaritas. A lot of people showed up. It was a it was kind of packed. There were some people that had never come to supper club before. Now, I mean, they're like in my circle, or you know, I know them. But uh, I was excited. I was excited that they were there. Good food, though. It was really good food. We kind of hung out a little bit and mm-hmm. and kind of chatted. So that was really good. Um, I have today has been pretty, pretty easy for me. Got up, did my yoga and, uh, did my meditation. And then I had a, uh, a meeting today with someone and met with them for a while and then went and got a massage and, oh my goodness, my, my shoulders and my neck were so tight. So we got that taken care of. Came home, did a little bit more work, and then, of course, it was supper club time. And then we're doing this, and I'm going to get packed tonight. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, because I have to go to the CPA firm tomorrow and do taxes. And then from there, I'm leaving to head into Branson. So, what are you doing down there? Working. <laughs> I'm going to mix in some fun, but I need to go down and meet with Rick, and we're going to work on his accounting stuff so that I can... Uh, do it, You're do not it going, here. Are you going to make, between you and him, isn't that a perfect way to make money appear? Money appear, in, in his yes. Account, since I hope he's so. a 
Magician, I mean, we've already done that. I've already done that. I've already helped him with the Poof. money appear, and now we're spending a set of money, and then it's going to disappear. <laughs> Boom, gone. That's what money does. Money comes and money goes. They do I say just, money is an illusion. The I money system to, is an illusion. Yeah, I just need to make sure that <clears throat> we're tracking all of the grants and stuff right. So for I'm going to go who, down there. For those who don't know, Rick Thomas is a, an, illusionist an illusionist Yes, down in Branson. He was. He used He's to be in Las good. Vegas. He's awesome. My yeah, sister awesome. saw him last time she went to Branson and thought, yep, he's as good as Kim said <laughs> he was. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's an awesome guy. And Tara, Tara um, is his wife from Zimbabwe. She's amazing as well. So I'm going to go down there. My brothers are down there. They just got back from tour. They went all over the place and uh, uh, enjoyed that. It was exhausting. Thank and then they just opened the show back up this week. So I'm going to go see the show Saturday back at the old theater. They moved theaters during COVID and they're back at the Andy Williams Theater now. Gotcha. So I'm kind of excited. <clears throat> but yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of what's going on here. I uh, had an interrupted weird work week as opposed to your very busy work week. That's because last week I, I blamed I blame Kim, everybody. Everybody, yeah. Because when we started the podcast two years ago or so, I mean, listen, she put stuff in a jar that's supposedly edible. And uh, what am I going to do? Think before I just consume it? No, of course not. It's in a jar nearby. It wasn't in a is jar. A, Those is, were in a box. They, they were, were in a box. And there were like little Clearly jar. plain box that said gobstoppers gobstoppers also known as toothbreakers toothbreakers if you're too stupid to suck on them <laughs> and like i said what am i gonna do think before i consume something no why would i do that so i got a tooth injury some time ago from that it's nobody's fault but mine and my tooth yeah he wanted me to tell him like hey dude that's probably not good on your teeth the whole time i'm like he's got superman teeth that like Every time he would chew on it, like he would just chew on him, and I'm like, "Ow!" Like that would break my tooth. Well, and in fact, <laughs> what had happened? What happened had was that uh, you know several months later, I'm like, I was chewing on something. And I'm like, "Ow!" And then I'm like, "Whoa, that's weird." And and long story short, I did crack my back right uh, lower tooth. And uh, so it finally chipped this last Friday. So I stopped messing around with it and went in. And uh, so I've had an interrupted work week from going to the dentist yesterday to get it looked at. And I didn't go on Monday. I know. And I had a really sharp tooth all weekend. Oh, I know. He was like, I got to get to the dentist. This is really bad. I got to. And then I didn't gotta, go on And Monday. then, of course, he didn't Well, because go. I wasn't sure what to do with my uh, old amalgam fillings i'm like oh no it's supposed to be the bigger concern is when you take them out and so i'm like what do i do you we're know, already to... gonna die do you not know that like we're already gonna die okay i cherish this brain because it's a special brain and i <laughs> and i get to play inside it all day so well, it'd be like in a bouncy house and then all of a sudden there's no air in it you right? want your bouncy house to be good when you're playing in there you don't want some half inflated bouncy house <laughs> So I want to be careful. So anyway, that's what kind of stopped me paralysis of analysis. On Monday, I checked to some more, I don't want to say organic dentist, whatever that would be called. And uh, and then, I, but I didn't pull the trigger on it. I'm like, well, it might be that they just need to remove the tooth. So I went to my regular dentist on Tuesday to say, hey, they may say just remove it, in which case there's no argument about the filling. 
but they convinced me that, well, the way the filling is, we'll be able to actually just pop it out by moving around it and it'll pop right. out. You don't have to worry about it. It won't be grind, grinded into there for. Uh, yeah. I said, okay. So, but then we'll see whether or not anyway, in, in during the weekend, my, it just cut up my, my tongue. He I couldn't, couldn't even, even talk. You I guys. couldn't talk. It I had to horrible. get, I had to get like a, <laughs> you don't, you're not kidding. My, my cat, <laughs> even my cat's like, usually you're more talkative. Cause I, <laughs> like, I've never been on like, the phone hey, kitty, with him kitty. for less than like three hours. Yeah. And he's like, it was like 10 minutes. He's like, I got his mouth guard in my mouth. I, I, got, <laughs> I got a mouth guard for, you know, chewing for your, when you chew hard at night, you know, but I had to put on my lower teeth and I think that made me salivate more. Um, so as long as I wasn't talking, it wasn't too bad. So anyway, they did smooth it out on Monday or on Tuesday. And then today they said, well, let's go ahead. We should be able to crown it tomorrow as long as, it's not too deep, and they were able to get past the crack, and it wasn't too deep. So I got a crown put on today, but even today, then uh, it was. I, I took off the rest of the day. I started back at work, and that I started back to work around the time, got going around the time the numbness started to go away, and then I was in super pain. And uh-huh. luckily, I was started being super pain while I was on a Teams video meeting with Ooh, my boss. Oh, fun! That's awesome. And so that's where she could Tears see. Tears are flowing she, down. Well, she could see that I was not playing because I was trying to explain things. All of a sudden, I'm holding my mouth, and you know, no, I'm good, I'm good. I was thinking about taking ibuprofen, but not yet. It's like, and then you know, three minutes later, I, make, I might, I might have to take that ibuprofen after all. But anyway. <laughs> And she's like, oh my gosh, you should take she's... off the rest of the day. It's what you should do. You've got sick leave. I'm, well, I don't think I'm going, you know, I mean, I'm sure taking an ibuprofen after all. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't sure I was going to make Supper Club or or the podcast. But uh, So it's been a weird work week for me, but I think I'm on the other side of it because I took enough ibuprofen. I don't like taking those, and that's why I delayed. But, yeah, but that I just gonna every four. Use. I mean, you gotta, yeah. you've got to take something to, to do it. I always take it before. I know that would and have been then, the smart thing, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to take it if I don't have to. No, Holy crap! You, you had have to. to. <laughs> you really had to. I was, I was, pra- I was practically crying. I didn't even want to read the ibuprofen, and I had to. I had to walk. I couldn't even just sit. It was so bad. I was holding my jaw with both hands and moaning like I don't know what. Some kind of pain. It, it, in pain ghost or something uh-huh. and again my cat's like man this this seems really, really bad. bad this is weird so luckily after the ibuprofen kicked in it wasn't so bad you're uh, just a glutton for punishment i don't know why next time i hope hopefully there's not a next time because i learned my lesson on yeah what, what no more gobstoppers yeah gobstoppers not jawbreakers but same thing really yeah i'll probably chew on it because it didn't say jawbreakers <laughs> A gobstopper. I'm like, who cares if my gob is stopped? I'm fine with it. My funny thing was like, well, why didn't you just tell me? Like, I am not your mother. You want to bust your teeth? Bust your teeth. I'm not gonna boss you around. Like, I wouldn't be chewing on that. And you'd be like, why not? Like on the first one, I would have been like, maybe we shouldn't chew those. I know it's funny because I talk about how when I was a kid, it's like, okay. I think I'm going to make a conclusion on that. Let's not do that. Like other kids would be like, let's jump off the roof. And I'm like, okay, first of all, gravity is 9.8 meters per second squared. So I am not jumping off of that roof. 
the velocity (laughs) of the height of that roof, which is about 12 foot, at my parameter, my weight, and my size. Mass does equal, (laughs) momentum does equal mass times velocity. So you jump off that roof, I shall not, sir. So, and then, so I'm like, I've always, I've always valued that about me. And then I chomp on gobstoppers every Maybe it was just you were so nervous about the podcast or, or eight. something. Well, I think oftentimes it was after we were done with the episode. It was. It wasn't before. I was just like, well, anyway, just... blah, 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 crunch, crunch, crunch. So, I've, got him, I've, I've got them upstairs. Thank goodness you moved them. I might have three bad teeth. See, even underneath, you're like, I've got to stop him from himself. We can't let this go on. It hurts. But me I do too have much. a temporary crown on now, so that's good. They were able to save the tooth, and I can talk again. So I'm feeling well. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it go like this. Okay, well, I really can't talk <laughs> anymore. <laughs> that was really awesome. Even with this. Yeah, I was like, if you tried, it sounded more like Poindexter than usual. That's what you're saying. Well, um, sad news on my front. Um, my one of my very dear, almost like a brother to me, uh, best friends uh, passed away this past weekend. Yeah, that's horrible. And so everything that I do, it, 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 he was always a part of. When um, he first moved to Topeka, I was doing a downtown passport uh, thing for our downtown. And I got all these sponsors and raised tens of thousands of dollars to put on this program. And, of course, I went to him. And he was brand new in Topeka. And him and I just clicked. Like, he's a go-getter and wanted to take on the world. And I was a go-getter. And um, him and I would go and we would always go out to eat. And then we would always go to theater. So he had season tickets to our local theater. And I had season tickets to the theater. So him and I would go and Chelsea. And then we'd always bring a friend. And the four of us would go to every single show for years after years after years. Probably, I'd have to say, probably... Oh, well, he six was media or seven related years. too. So he he was, he was the general manager of a television yeah. station. So they yeah. had it. They had the the tickets, and uh, he did a lot. He sat on like thirty two different nonprofit boards in Topeka. He was just out in the community trying to help as much as possible, and he would always call me his little flower child because <laughs> I was just so I I don't know. He was just awesome, and we would go to Kansas City to go see. Um, shows him and my daughter and I and we were just like best friends and it was there's a couple things that was kind of funny one night we went to the zoo it was like um, some event they had at the zoo where you drank and ate food and it was raining and one of the people that worked at the the television station had an umbrella and they were holding the umbrella you know wherever we were waiting I was waiting for him to go he was taking some extra food to put in his cars I don't know what he was doing and she looked at me and she goes so how long have you guys been dating and I'm like who <laughs> she was like well you and jim and i was like this no we're, we're not dating no like this is not this is like my brother like we're just we just hang out it, it was it was it was just awesome and so he was the one that started my bus trips one time we went down to go see next to normal 
um, down in Kansas City at the oh, Kaufman Center. Oh, I love that show. So and much. we were at the show. He had never seen it. I said, we're going to go see Next to Normal. I got tickets for us. And my daughter had already told me about it. I knew all about the show. And, and she wanted to see it. So I got three tickets. And we went down there and I said, whatever you do, do not look at what it's about. Don't listen to the music. You I don't want you to do this? anything. Yeah, I told him. I said, don't. And he goes, okay, I promise. If you so. didn't, if you, listen, I'm blown away every time I even think or hear of this show. But to see that and not even have a clue about have a clue. it. Oh my Lord, it must have blown him away. We were, so normally, unfortunately, he would fall asleep and snore sometimes when we were in shows. Because <laughs> he was always so busy. Like, right, you know, right. he probably slept two or three hours a day sometimes. So we would go to a show and he'd be like, and then I'd have to kick him, you know, like, stop. And then he'd like wake up or he would literally be have his eyes closed <laughs> snoring and then something funny would happen and he'd go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how? How are you laughing at that? So anyway, we're in the very back row of the lower section because there's a there's a mezzanine thing, but we're in the very back row. And he's sitting there and he's watching it because, mind you, he doesn't know anything about it. And a part of the show happens that's like the what? And he goes, oh, shit. Like, and I was like this. Everybody turned around and looked at him. And like people are people are in the same awe as he is. But he literally said it out loud. So that was funny. So we had gone out to eat. And we went to see the show and we were on our way back. And he says, do you think that we could get a busload of people to come down here and do these shows with us um, in Topeka? And I said, well, I don't know. Let me try. So the first one that we went to go see was Book of Mormons. And um, I don't think it's Mormons. The ironic. It's just one. Book of Mormon. Yeah. I, 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 the ironic thing about it is, is that he didn't get to go on most of the bus trips because he was out of town or Too busy. busy yeah. So he did go. We went to go see Wicked the first time with my mom and my brothers and my daughter. We saw Wicked, um, same theater. And then we did the bus trip Wicked. And one of the really cool things that he did was after the bus trip was over, you can go down and they've got like packages you can buy and they raise money for theater stuff. And he came over to me and he hands me this ticket and this bag. And he says, I bought you the VIP. They're going to give you a tour of the backstage and you get to go meet some of the performers. And I was like this, I have 52 people on a bus and he said i already talked to the bus driver the bus driver is going to take everybody to legends to get dinner and come back and pick you up and they said that that would be enough time because legends wow. was probably like 25 minutes away so he bought me this package and i got to go backstage on this tour and get to see all the costumes and what the backstage looks like and get to it was amazing and he he got it for me to say thank you for um, putting joy in so many people's lives is what he said and if you go up to my son's bedroom you'll see the poster of wicked and they all signed it so it's an all autograph signed poster cool so that was really 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 cool and then and then we love food and he loved food and so he would always come to all of our restaurant stuff you know like we have picnics and things he'd always always there and he goes man i love a good potluck hmm. and i said Huh, well, why don't we do one for our birthday? So I started doing potlucks in October, the last Sunday of October. And that was to celebrate his and I's birthday because I'm the 22nd and he's the 27th. And so I started the potluck dinner. Well, 
then we would be in all these meetings. We'd go to nonprofit meetings and you've got all the big executive directors and everything in the meetings and everything was always about business, but you kind of made friendships. So him and I started Supper Club. Hmm. And so we could all go out to eat with my friend Betty and Olivia and anybody that wanted to come out. And it was all high, you know, like really high level people in Topeka and business was not allowed to be discussed. It was not a networking. It was a friends finally getting to come out and just eat a meal. And we did that for a few years and then it started dwindling off. Things started happening. And then probably about five years ago, I brought it back um, because I wanted to go and eat out in Topeka and I don't eat out that much. So I thought that was really cool. Those are just some things that him and I kind of, you know, a lot of the things that I do. Oh, and he coined Kimtober, even though his birthday was in there because I would always talk about my birthday and everything in October. I always go, you should do it because it's my birthday. And he was like, Kimtober. And then thinking, and that'll stick with me the rest of my life. So yeah, those are some sad, memories. Very sad, but obviously a very dear friend. So you got the happiness. So of that. much, yeah. And and I knew of him. Like my industry uh, exercises here in Topeka and mass communication overlapped a little bit. He wouldn't know me from Adam, although he'd met me before. Right. Uh, so yeah, as far as I knew, everybody everybody liked him and he was a great guy so yeah i'm if you will secondarily sad because i don't know him know him right but he was you know an important part of the community so yeah i feel sad for for everybody who who knew him well that's for sure well and, and you know being in his position a lot of people you know um and Ron can relate to this. When you are the general manager of something that everybody wants something free from, everybody is your friend. And uh, mm-hmm. Jim sponsored everything Topeka. Jim gave, um, Jim, we put Talk About Topeka. He put that on television. He did so much for our family and we didn't make any money off of that. It was 100% for the community that we put our own resources in and he was able to show shine it. So Jim and Ron were the only two people at that time in this community that actually gave us something, a, a huge voice. And I owe them both a lot of gratitude because we were working so hard and our family was doing trying to do so much for this community. And there's days that you feel like you're just wasting your time and both of them um, really made it feel as if we were doing something beneficial for the community. So we did a lot of stuff. The one funny, the one funny story is hilarious because you know he's executive director, he's a big guy. And, but when he's around me or my brothers and stuff like that, He's just a normal person. Right. And, you know, like, I, I, I don't get star star-tracked. I don't get star-struck <laughs> very often. Um, and so we were sitting there. We were at the break room one night. It was hilarious. I can't even tell you what the thing was, but somebody, they were kind of arguing. And he was standing there. And he stood. You mean during a like no a, just 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 there was nobody there but him and oh, I and Chris okay. and I didn't know if you meant during a performance or no, something. No, okay. no, no, no. We were just we were just doing something there. And he got mad and he stomped his foot and he goes, I will not have that. And I looked at him and I go, uh, did you just stomp your foot like a little bitch? <laughs> he, got a, he looked at me and he goes, I don't know. Did I? I go, yeah, you did. And he's like this. 
well, I take that stomp back because <laughs> he was so mad. He like stomped his foot. It was just so cute. It was just the memories that you have from people. I want to make sure that I had that put into this show because he will be missed. And I did find out that he had someone there with him. I was always worried. Him and I have been in contact for over a year now, over, well, over a year and a half since he got sick. He's always texted me and wanted me to go eat, you know, go meet him and eat dinner. But every time I would reach out, he just didn't feel like it. And I always, I always was scared that he didn't have anybody with him. And on Saturday, um, um, a friend of his contacted me and told me that um, they were, they were here, there, and that he would be leaving, you know, soon. And that he was with everybody and that he he had somebody and that kind of made me feel happy because when he changed careers, he got out of radio and went in to doing some other stuff, taking on the world. He traveled a lot, so he, I didn't really get to see him. We didn't have season tickets anymore. I really kind of got burnt out with having you know to see so many shows a year. Right. And I was changing directions and hanging out with different people. And uh, so him and I haven't got to see each other a lot. Well, the last couple of years, not at all. But um, before that, uh, just because he was always out of town, but we've always kept in touch. So uh, my heart breaks, and I will definitely miss him. But we all know that he's not going to ever leave me because he'll be with me. Just one more person on my side taking care of me. He took care of me here, and he's going to take care of me in the afterlife. Be, I know like, that. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kim. Tap on my shoulder. You'd be like, don't stomp on, don't like, stomp your foot on my shoulder. Don't. Yeah, here's like stomps at night, and I'll know it's him. It's so cute. I just, I just looked at. Yeah, like, you're, you're. Uh, I'm glad that you're, you had those good times to, to uh, kind so many of lean of on, uh, because I'm sure you're sad, but at least you're remembering it right. in, in a good way. Well, I don't get to be sad yet because I'm in tax season and I'm emotionally drained and I don't have the energy to do both and so i think i'm more in shock and i think at some point i will it'll be worse for me but right now i have to focus on the game and i'm you know i have to get through the next 31 days and i do have to go to newton the next following weekend and i've just got i've got a lot of stuff going on in my in my life um and i I think only 30 days. Well, it's April 18th. Oh, okay. That's right. Here, I was going to the 15th. Yeah. Yeah. And I won't do something on the 18th, but it, I could be working that weekend. I don't, it depends. Just that last you don't know final. What, I you don't, don't know what might. I don't know. How, I don't know how many, what, what, what will lead up to, you know, that or me. I, I'm not doing extensions this year. I have one person that always does it and that's it. I'm not doing it. They, get it done now or don't get it done at all because this girl is done this year and I've got multiple new projects that I have to start with accounting and those have to start like in two to three weeks so I need to get this stuff done because I'm pretty popular well, me on the other hand oh, that wasn't the that wasn't the transition I was looking for all right <laughs> You know, uh, I talked about a cap on my teeth, and now I'm still trying to get a cap on my house. So yeah. <laughs> still working on that fun stuff, but I get to get to do some kind of decoration. I'm going to look on the bright side and say no matter Good how job. much insurance is covering it, I'm going to get some cool 
Uh, it's not necessarily where I thought my money was going to go, but that's okay. My house is going to look cooler and have a new roof on it, so I get to do color coordination and all that and get a nice impact-resistant, semi-high-quality architectural look on my house, which will bring up its value a bit. And then that'll give me a little bit more incentive to do one of my other goals this year is to find that next raise Girlfriend? by another position. Girlfriend? Oh, a job. Never mind. Yeah, and then maybe <laughs> yeah, I can't even complete the sentence. I will have my bachelor house will look better. That's all I'm saying. So nice architectural shingles would be looking good, helping a friend out of yours, and he's yeah. helping me. So yeah. I uh, am kind of looking forward to that. So I got a cap on the tooth and now a cap on the roof. Cap. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Aren't so, uh, you? Aren't you spectacular? I'm not super happy about thousands of dollars going in that direction. But on I the other wasn't hand, either, but... on the other hand, it is... Uh, it's a much better roof that's than what's on there and it'll look pretty sharp. Very, very so, yeah. cool. Very cool. Okay, I'm going to grab my phone here because I wrote... Uh -oh. I actually wrote something down. So I'm going to see what it was because <laughs> I, I I get thoughts. In fact, I got the thought and by the time I pulled up the soft the software to write it down, I had forgotten what I was typing. Um, I try to not pick a party. I kind of want to stay in the middle. Oh, oh, oh. So... This is just a really quick, this is not a topic to talk about. This is just something that I just wanted to say. I have been watching different TikToks, different conversations, and on Facebook. And so this is what I wrote, and then we'll be done. I don't try to pick a party. I try to, I, I kind of want to stay in the middle. But if you start a conversation out by blaming Biden for the situation that we're in right now, I turn off my ears. It started before Biden. And so that comment shows me how close minded you are to the situation. This is going to have this was going to happen no matter what, even when we when we started this in 2020, what was going on was going to happen. It didn't matter who became president. It's just the side that wants to bitch about the, what's going on and i'm amazed at that people are not bitching all about the same thing this is it's it's scary to me it's honestly yeah, scary it's, to me that people that this are is like the next okay episode. with five dollars a gallon this is the next episode in the pre-planned limited or unlimited series of the same effing program right then you're missing the point. It well, is the next episode in the ongoing program. Well, and for anybody to think that if Trump would have won, that this wouldn't be happening right now. Well, it may have looked a little bit different. It would have looked a but, different, but it all would have come out about the same because we gave away trillions of dollars. And just like today, I was speaking to someone and they had claimed somebody in 2019 on their taxes. They had a grandson on 2019. They got $1,400 stimulus for him in 2021. They didn't even claim him in 2020 because he's with his dad. And so they got the $1,400 and now the dad gets the $1,400 for the same fucking child. Hmm. I, it's, nobody understands the, the how much money was thrown out at people and now we're like, are you gonna have to pay it back? Are they really gonna start sending out bills to all these people? I don't think so. 
I don't think that they could be like, I'm sorry that we accidentally sent you too much money, but now we're going to take it back and charge you ungodly amounts of interest because we are poor people around here. Well, this is where, where we go to the idea of there had to be something to the lack of planning. Like, okay, you're going to do all this stuff with no real staffing to know that you're doing it correctly. So you almost have to then just basically predict in the future, you're going to have to not place blame on those people. Therefore, you've lost all that money. All of it's gone. So you, if you would have thought even past the end of your nose on that, you know that's where that was going to go. There's no possible Uh, way to send out that much money the way that they did, trying to to look at stuff. The amount, it's got to be billions of dollars that was given out to where people got paid more money than they should have especially especially what i what um i noticed was let's say that you made a hundred thousand dollars at your job but you had pre-taxed of twenty thousand dollars come out so you invested twenty thousand dollars but you don't qualify for the stimulus on your gross pay but on your taxable pay you got the fourteen hundred dollars so you really made a hundred thousand but because you put it in a 401k or a 403b or whatever 40 whatever you want to put it in you put maximum amounts of money in all of these different these things so that you weren't taxed on it you still got the money what what well, like, you're making more money than as anybody. As I said, I mean, the rules get so complicated that when you try to apply a simple rule, all of a sudden, but, you know, yeah. you, you know my opinion on the tax code and how we can no. make it simpler, but then you wouldn't yep. have as much uh, as no. much to do every, no. every year. No, honestly, I would rather run businesses. I would rather run businesses. Because you could than, still be doing payrolls and stuff. And I, I doing would rather con- do that. And be doing consulting. And, I you know, rather, this yes. is how you run a business smartly. I mean, yeah. there's still... That is still a wide open universe of expertise and knowledge and consultation, even if it wasn't for the complicated tax code. Right. I, you know, I, I, I would, I would vote for, I would vote for simplifying everything. We have made such a mess out of this. And here's another problem that nobody's thinking about. The older generation CPAs and tax accountants, their, their knowledge that they're, they're, you know, like they've been doing things for so long that th- this, all these changes every year, it's starting to confuse them. I'm so lucky that I have the brain that I have because even when I'm working with Curtis, you know, he sits in all the classes. Yep. He sits in all the <laughs> you classes told me stories and, he, like this. and he watches it. The questions come up. But when he sees the actual tax return, we were going over one. He goes back to the old thing, thing and he's like, he's like, this is impossible. And I was like, what's impossible? They can't get this much money back. I was like, they do get that much money back. (laughs) And he was like, explain it to me. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, this, huh? And then he'll call me. I still don't. How did they get that much money back? Because of blah, 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 blah. I do appreciate anybody's kind of like, wait a second. You know, that's an important, you know, to have that as a backstop to, but you, you can't let it paralyze you. Just go find why and then understand the rule and put right. it aside. Yeah. So I, I do appreciate when someone, you know, says that can't be right. That, that's, well, yeah. a, that's, a, that's important. It's very important. That's yeah. an important reaction. That's what I'm there for, though. Yeah. Here's my thing is I'll go through every possible scenario in a tax, in a tax software. I use multiple tax softwares just to go through because that's how I learn. I'm not going to go and read a book 
or watch a webinar, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up an account and I'm going to try every possible thing that could happen. And I'm going to watch the end result of that happening. That's how I learn. I'm not, that's, I would just actually read the rules. Yeah, um, but, but the, but, rule, but, the, okay. the, but the rules aren't the rules. What you read I would start in the tax there. rules. I, I think you're, are compar- not there. I think your comparison oh, well, I've uh, read strategy it. is a great idea. I read, but I would it. read it too. And then compare. I read it. I think you, I read, I read, I read the blorps of it. I yeah. wouldn't sit in a webinar though. I wouldn't sit to I have can't. someone teach I me. I can't stand that. I mean, it's one of the reasons I said lately is that I don't miss YouTube. I know that sounds crazy because YouTube has some very good stuff. And if it's stuff you can't find an article easily on, but like me talking about important subjects, I can skim through an article. Right. And go, okay, not important, not important, not important. Aha, boom, important. And then I can skim that article and then read the important parts back again in two minutes instead of listen to a 10 or 15 minute video. Right. So now if it's something like, you need to see how Correct. someone does this do to that. really get it, right. like when ch- I, something underneath your hood. Then a video is important. But for just conceptual stuff, I like to actually read it. And then, sure, do things like your comparison and stuff. I've done I've done the videos, and then they're wrong. And you think, you think that they're telling you how to do it right because you think. But they're not wrong that they're not doing it wrong. It's just that they changed it already right so what you, you read on, yeah. what you read so that like even one of the returns that i did we had an, we were talking about it and he was like well i think because this happened then it's going to be taxable here so i looked it up and it said this particular thing is not taxable for the state so i wrote a note on there this is not taxable in the state. So we had to call and we had to discuss it because it's got to make sense to him before he's going to sign off on the tax return. That's what we make a good team because I was like, well, what is this? What you know? We discuss it because these are not, I could do a return, you could do a return and they're both right, but they're totally different, done differently because it's the way the software looks at different things and how the IRS is going to look at it you don't ever know how it's going to look at it. Today, you know, you're doing a return and the people got back $4,200. They were supposed to get $2,800. And it said, did you get $2,800? And I said, no. no. <laughs> and it said, how much did you get? $4,200. Well, we crunched the numbers and that looks right. The software doesn't care. It's not looking at that number unless that number, the, the calculation would be if it is less than 28, then we're going to add up to 28. So it says you should get 28. I put it, we got 14, then it's going to add 14 and give it to him. But if I put in 42 and it says 28, it just says send them on through. We don't care. And that's not how it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like, Oh, well, then you have to pay that money back because you made $100,000 a year. You made too much money to get the money, you know, to get it. You don't have a dependent. You don't get the money. Nope, it didn't do that. So it's going to be interesting to see if that even, you know, in three years from now, they don't just start sending people bills going, you owe us $1,400. That's not going to happen. But well, the problem is it could happen. It could happen selectively and that's right. what pisses me off so then why does it become selective after you made such garbage and 98 percent of people i don't even want to say got away with anything uh are not being checked and yeah. then it becomes kind of known that well they're not checking this well 
And so if you make a mistake, it's as long as it's not a big one, you don't worry about being terrorized. And then all of a sudden, right. just if some people get terrorized over it, that'll make me mad. Yeah. Well, and going on with that, I think that it was the Senate actually is passing for daylight saving time, which was like our episode like three or four that we've done. You should go listen to that one. We started off with that back in um, 2019, maybe. We did a whole episode on daylight saving time. Hot times time and um the legislator was passed through saying we're gonna leave it here meaning we're gonna stay in we're not going back to standard time we're just gonna keep it at this time and we're not gonna change it anymore and it already passed it's federal really yeah i know you'd mentioned earlier i i didn't i didn't hear the detail look it up i will look it look it up why don't you look it up and tell me, because then I can talk about my next topic, which is my recent episodes. I'm not looking it up. My computer's working here. I'm not touching this computer. It's okay. my old one. Well, in the meantime, we will... Daylight saving time... The U.S. Senate approves bill to make yep. daylight saving time nine hours ago uh, permanent, starting it. That's exactly what we said. If you're going to keep it, keep the keep later, it later Yes! We are. Go back and listen to it. Literally. Go back. 2019. It's Unanimously like... by voice vote. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, must still pass the bill. The House, of course, must still pass it. All right. So I'm going to... My last little topics are... I've been active, fairly active again on, on the Scales of Truth. So I'm just going to mention um, these recent Scales of Truth episodes since last week. I do think there are some good ones. One is Quick Rant of Truth 068, New York Times Pulitzer Prize winner admits FBI involvement. Plain and simple, caught on camera, and then after he was caught on camera, he said, yes, I said that, and I stand by it, talking about January 6th. I had a, a, a earlier episode based on that and a person named Epps, but not Omar Epps, and his name was Ray Epps, so kind of a follow-up to that episode. The Scales of Truth 032, then, was my next recent one. FDA allowed such variants in PCR tests that practically they were not even close to the same test. This is a humdinger. They said, yeah, we don't have a definition, so come close. And as long as we kind of remind you of the sloppy tax, you know, ideas, you come close to something that you think kind of checks for COVID-ish, and then we'll approve it. Okay, and then everybody's going to be shark in the water. Oh, we get to make a PCR test too? Yeah, what about you? How did you come up with the approximation? Oh, okay, yeah, we'll sign off on that. Great, you get to make a PCR test too. And the difference in sensitivity, I'm not kidding you, was up to a 3,000th fold difference oh, wow. once they finally measured it. Mm. Crazy. The next one, so that one's not real long. It's only 17 minutes considering all the epi- all the stuff I cover. Then the next one's a pretty quick one, the quick quick round of truth 069 antacids and the pattern, which is about even in antacids, you don't take things regularly because no. the whole risk reward analysis based is based on not taking it every day and yet what do the commercials become? They become, it's like your little friend. Yeah. Your little meds are your daily friend. But that was almost never the first rationale for medications. It no. was always take it when you need, need it, it because there's a risk reward ratio there. And ASA's being a great example, so listen to that one. I do have another one on the way, but the most recent one is the Scales of Truth 033 confirmed. 
IgA is a vital gap, massively reducing the solution's effectiveness. I always use code words so I don't get automatically, you yeah. know, downshared. So when I say solution, think vac think vaccine. So IgA is a vital gap, massively reducing solutions effectiveness, confirming Tennessee subcommittee hearing. So that's the most recent one. That's only 1446. So got some more stuff up on the scales of truth. Please go ahead and listen. And just like with here, we don't really talk about our episodes that much on social media. So let me right. just remind folks, when you follow us, go ahead and either click a like or give us a rating or click the little notification so that you don't have to rely on the reminder of social media. You jump on your right. podcast platform, maybe you get that little notification or you get a separate little, almost like a text notification, but it's just a push notification from your app that says there's a new comology yeah. available to listen to. So do that for both of us because I don't get on well, yeah. social media very much to remind the, people. My and, podcast isn't really for social media because if they listen to these podcasts, I probably wouldn't have as many friends on Facebook because right, right, I'm right. like, I put a thing on there the other day about like, if for the people that know me for in person, tell the people that haven't met me in person something about me. And it was like this. Oh my God, she's wonderful. Her smile. She's contagious. She's so nice. And my friend Marley goes, huh, I've got the, I've got some things to say, but I think I'll keep my mouth shut. And I'm like, no, I'm looking for something. Come on, quit talking about how freaking perfect I am. And so then she kind of brought out some stuff. and It's code word. So nobody would have a clue what she's talking about, but it did make me, it did make me smile. And then my friend Dana chimed in. She goes, yeah, I was thinking about doing the same thing. And I was like, bring it on. But if you listen to the podcast, you get more of the true me of like how I feel about things. And right. social media, after 2020, I kind of backed off of it a lot. I post pictures of my food just so that I can go back and I kind of like just so I can for the podcast I can go back and kind of figure out what I was doing it's kind of like a journal for me uh, but there's not a lot of information yeah I'm, I'm liking mine I, I, just a, a slight aside I realized yeah. like kind of like you said it's a little bit of mental uh, rather it's a little bit of therapy yeah but also I feel like I'm doing my part and when I do have something to look up that becomes a substance for my podcast that gives me a reason to look into it more. Right. You know, like, oh, this could be a good one. Let me get to the bottom of this and discuss it maybe in ways other people don't emphasize or don't talk about at all. Yeah. Or maybe find something that no one else is really talking about in the details. So you may have heard something about this. Let's look at a particular document that says it's straightforward. You know, that type of thing. I wanted people to go and um, during 2021, a lot of people, if you, if you realized it, there was... BlackRock and Vanguard, they're some they're investment companies. Something they they're I I'm not exactly sure what they do. Um it always gets confusing to me. But I wanted people to realize if you wanted to go and kind of see what is going on, um, go look up Vanguard and BlackRock and just read some articles about <clears throat> read some articles about them. <clears throat> But the first thing I want to do is I want to talk, we we want to talk about um, just really quickly, because I really want you to do this on your own, because unless unless Tyson goes and gets, you know, does some other stuff, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But I just wanted Tyson, go with, go with BlackRock. What is their number one investment? 
Okay, well, it is if you go by position size. So this is how many assets are under management, if you will. Uh, it's not that. So anyway, it's Apple and it's a hundred and these a hundred and eighty one billion dollar position size in Apple. But what about Microsoft? <laughs> Microsoft. Oh, well, oh, you see, you see what, what the reason is that, you know, Microsoft is a competitor is because obviously different people believe in Microsoft. Right. And so it must yeah, be that must somebody be else has, has Microsoft, certainly not BlackRock. I mean, after all, if they're competitors and Apple, oh, I'm sorry, BlackRock position size in Apple is 181 billion it must be that they barely have any in Microsoft right wrong 175 billion dollars and then the other one is Vanguard and their number one is Johnson and Johnson and they have 10 million shares which is 1.7 billion dollars Right? Is that 1.7 billion? This would be 732 million. Market billion? value? I don't know. That might be in thousands as well, as big as they are. But it might only well, be. Well, this was only. This is only. This is a million shares. This is a. I mean, this is. A I'm just saying, million. without more, this might be in thousands as well. Uh, but if it's not in thousands, it's only a billion. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's only a billion. Only a billion dollars. Johnson and Johnson being their highest one, JP Morgan, Procter and Gamble, Gamble, Home Depot, Exxon, Bank of America, Chevron, Pfizer. Mm -hmm. Pfizer is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Pfizer. And that's uh one one billion. Um Coca-Cola, it's only only nine hundred and sixty-four million. <sighs> I'll tell you what, BlackRock, you talk about Pfizer. How about uh, a position size of $24 billion in Pfizer? Whoa. How about a position size in Procter & Gamble of $25 billion? In uh, shares of Pfizer, BlackRock has a 410 million shares. Uh, it's crazy. Another place you can look, and I, I know you want to compare some of those, but I just noticed in the meantime... There's mine. Where's it at? BlackRock. Oh, this is <laughs> this is Vanguard Va BlackRock. Vanguard owning uh, some shares of BlackRock. Shares in BlackRock and the same. I mean, so BlackRock. by is... the same token, and you know, one of the heroes of mine is is Dr. Mercola. Yeah. And it turns out that Mercola started an article that you know, when some, once he was censored by a certain administration, he said, "Guys, I'm dropping my copyright." Uh, so. I'm not going to keep it on my site much, but use it wherever you want to. Spread this information out. I don't care. I'm going to keep it up on mine for 72 hours and drop it, but you can put it wherever you want. So you can find this Who Owns the World, BlackRock, and Vanguard. Yeah. I found it on organicconsumers.org, but I'm sure it's everywhere because Mercola started it. And he, uh, he talks about a certain two-hour documentary called Monopoly, Who Owns the World, by Tim Guilen, G-I-E-L-E-N. And yeah, there's a, a crazy amount of overlap. One third of uh, PepsiCo, uh, I'm sorry, three of the top four of Coca-Cola institutional investors are the same as, Pe as PepsiCo. Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street. And you find this over and over again. 
Uh, for Facebook, Vanguard, and BlackRock are the top two institutional investors. For Apple, Vanguard, and BlackRock. For Microsoft, uh, Vanguard and BlackRock are um, the top two institutional shareholders. And over and over again, on down to things like getting your, I don't want to say booking, but, you know, say you want to travel and then what, you know, airline you use or from front to end, over and over these institutional investors own the competitors. Like even to the point yeah. of, Pe- of Pepsi and Coke, you think, no, that's the classic competitors. Right. Wrongo. I've got, and when, I, I've... when I say own, I mean have massive control and then their boards overlap. 15, you know? they've got... Um, close to a million in, uh, so this is I'm on uh, Vanguard Vanguard uh, Coca-Cola 964 million PepsiCo 903 million like right there I mean it's the same they own PepsiCo they own Coca-Cola shares in that you've got Verizon you've got Comcast you've got Qualcomm you've got AT&T all of these are Vanguard, and these are the top of the list. There are 410 holdings that showed up on my Vanguard High Dividend Yield Index Fund, whatever that was. I just got some information. So, so just, uh, Pepsi and Coca-Cola, this is this is a general pattern, but this would be the idea. There are a lot of shareholders, for instance, in PepsiCo. Uh, but um, Vanguard and BlackRock's uh, holdings account for nearly one third of all the shares, right? And so, yeah, there are a lot of individual shareholders, but, but, they, but then they, just one or two can can uh, hold an overwhelming amount, a fraction uh, of many, many places. So, of the top ten shareholders in PepsiCo, the top three, Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street Corporation, own more shares than the remaining seven top ten. Of the remaining seven of the top ten, let alone all the little uh, pipsqueaks below that. Uh, so, yeah, it's the overlap. And then if you add that State Street Corporation and Berkshire Hathaway. But remember, not there's two black something groups that were related. I covered this either as a systematic chaos or as a separate part of a separate episode over on the Scales of Truth. Both of those folks are involved in that buying up the private real estate. Yeah, the, that's the what Vanguard ownership. and BlackRock. Yeah, and so there's yeah. a BlackRock and there's another one that kind of shot off from them. They're well, there's like, there, BlackRock has multiple BlackRocks. And the other thing, too, is that when you think of all this ownership or lease control, when all of a sudden now we're supposed to just be pressured by the government to take a certain view, it would be one thing if these thousands of different fairly prominent companies were thousands of different decision makers but instead they're not and so some of this magnification of a political view becomes easier to push upon thousands of different suppliers of products and services because they're owned under or or influenced if you will uh, under an umbrella type ownership a lot of people don't know that facebook owns whatsapp and instagram i knew that of course alphabet owns google but uh remember google owns youtube and gmail and of course they're the main competitor of uh, uh i'm sorry the main developer for android and all, and, and then of course there's Microsoft, 
which owns Windows and Xbox, but in all four parent companies produce a software. Oops, I just uh, got rid of my article accidentally. Well, more than 80% of Facebook shares are held by institutional investors, and the top institutional holders are the same as those found in the food industry, Vanguard and BlackRock being the top two. Facebook. <laughs> Top right. two, Facebook and Vanguard for, fa- I'm sorry, Vanguard and BlackRock for Facebook. A State, St- State Street being uh, another one. And then you go to Apple. Top four institutional investors, Vanguard, BlackRock, Berkshire Hathaway, State Street. Microsoft, top three institutional shareholders, Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street. So anyway, it's just over and over and over and over again. Well, I know that when Tom and I went up to the Spam Museum, it was it was quite interesting because on the wall it showed all the different product brands that this one place owns. And it was funny because we've got Smuckers in Topeka. And I told somebody, I said, You should go get a job at Smuckers. And they were like, the jelly? And I said, No, we make dog food. And they were like this, no, Smuckers is jelly. I'm like, no, Smuckers is more than jelly. And Topeka is one of the largest, I think, dog food. We've got Hills Corporate here. We've got mm-hmm. Smuckers. And then we've got, uh, you know, we've got the, um, oh, the other people that are just coming, the little tech group or whatever it's coming in because of the, of the pet stuff that we have here. And then, of course, we've got uh, Manhattan right over here, which has like the the veterinarian school and a lot of animal stuff going on here. And I was I was I was shocked when we went down to um, saw that in there. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So we think that we think that. Everything is kind of divided, but what we've done is we've already merged it. I mean, even wasn't it, is it Sprint Center? So Sprint and T-Mobile actually merged together. Like, they merged together. And yep. What people don't realize is we only have so many phone lines and so many towers that they all kind of mesh together and they have their companies. But as we get bigger and then all of a sudden we condense down and then all of a sudden laws are going to come and make us get bigger and then we condense back down. And currently... I don't know when we're going to do the kind of breakup type of a thing again. Yeah, it's so It's, it's so compounded. Bad. And as, as this article says, it's like the Russian nesting dolls. You yeah. think you're to the bottom of it and you're yeah. not. For instance, you just talked about T-Mobile and Sprint. Well, T-Mobile, I got a a Mint Mobile phone, and it turns out that I, they're very, very much related, if not just a okay. subsidiary of they T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like when you get Sling TV. Sling TV is actually one one of the, like, one of the, um, what do you call it? Uh, like, I don't know. It's an AT&T. Artists, no. Or it's like one of the cable companies. It's just their little offspring that they came together and said, "We're like just going to do." Warner type yeah, thing. maybe it's Comcast. I don't know who owns Sling TV. And uh, not unironically, the figurehead of BlackRock is a man named Larry Fink. <laughs> 
So, yeah, basically everywhere you go. Dish. Dish Network is Sling TV. Yeah, I did not. I actually did not know that. Yeah. So behind all of these names, you've got the big companies. They're just, and it, it happens all the time. So, you know, I can bury myself with company after company after company after company. So, you know, in the state of Kansas, I know that I have, let's say, Creatively Bold Enterprises. That's my actual company. So then I open up an LLC that's owned by Creatively Bold, and it's called Kim Schultz LLC. And then I open up another LLC, and it's owned by... Kim Schultz, and it's called Kimology 411, and then Kimology 411 is owned by, but reality is, is that Creatively Bold owns like all of that, that line, but then we also have got seven different lines of companies that started out, and then they grow, and so you're like, oh, look, we have this company over here. You have to dig down layer after layer after layer after layer after layer. To even find out that it's all the same company, right. and there's, it's it's very easy to hide. I know that I know that LLCs made it really easy because anybody can open up an LLC. And in the state of Kansas, and the reason I say state of Kansas is because I don't know what other states are, but an LLC can be owned by an LLC. You can own companies can be owned companies. And yeah, which you'd think at some point it, we need to identify not more than two degrees removed from the actual owners, but that's not no, true. No, that's not true. You can you can do it. There was a building in um, Topeka that got leased out for like a hundred year lease for the state of Kansas, and my brother went down. I think he said twelve levels. It was my nine, nine or twelve levels to find out that it used to be our go- our governor actually is on the company that actually owns it. He's the one that signed the contract for it. So nobody did anything about it. Nobody cares. So speaking of this, um, it talking about uh, Vanguard and BlackRock, this article says, Larry Fink may be the figurehead of BlackRock, but not the sole decision ma- uh, maker, as BlackRock, too, is owned by shareholders. Here we find yet another curiosity as the largest shareholder of BlackRock is Vanguard, as you yeah. said. So, mm-hmm. and this is where it gets dark. Gielan says a guy who's who did the uh, documentary. Vanguard has a unique structure that blocks us from seeing who the actual shareholders are. The huh. elite who owns Vanguard don't want anyone to know they are the owners of the most powerful company on earth. So, yeah, the further you de uh, the try to dig, the less of an ability to find those clues. Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of messed up, but that's something that I wanted people, I really didn't want to go into. I'm not going to do all the research on it. I already know that it's corrupt. But if you're out there and you're looking for something, go check it out and find out what's going on in the America. Because this is why you can't, I, I said in one of my recent ones, you've got to push back on narratives. Because at this point, we know the narratives are so controlled by all these voices that are just a combination you know billionaire bullies if you will right i don't want to sound like a populist but i guess i am kind of it's like so any narrative that gets pushed by more than three places at a time is suspect yeah and that's almost all narratives now almost all narratives are it's a hundred 
either you're with us or you're 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 against us. Right. And that's not what America's supposed to be. So no. all you can do, like the, you've always, they've always said there's enough of us and there's only a few of them. But you've got to take stock in that and really be skeptical. And and at least you don't have to passively I, I don't know, oppose them, but you need to at, lo- at least not actively support a narrative that seems like it could have other reasons behind it. Right. And, uh, uh, and those reasons could help those bullies and that you're seeing everywhere. Don't, don't just stupidly actively support that. Now, maybe right. be neutral on it. But if you're seeing things coming that are just like down the pike these days of you must you must uh, have this opinion, then your first, second, and 172nd opinion and everything in between should be A, no, I mustn't, and B, what the hell are you up to? Right. And then, and then uh, C, probably go screw yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, something along those lines. Yep. Because we don't have the financial power, but we do have the numbers. Right. And while they do have a lot of control, they still try to just see if they can't win through propaganda means. And so when you are believing the distraction, you are allowing them, you're allowing a lot of things not to get investigated to the full extent. Well, it's like, how did... How did this happen? Who who are these people? Why is everybody pushing this? And I really think it's kind of all related uh, yeah. to some of this. We've never seen more wealth, globally at least, maybe on some countries. I did a, a research paper a long time ago in undergrad. And, you know, even in Indonesia, it was considered not exactly a super wealthy or certainly not any kind of a good middle class income type of a country it's a big country it's like 190 million people you just don't realize it gets over in asia where there's so many people there were successful car companies you know who they were literally the son of the prime minister had the successful car company in indonesia how did that work huh how did that work almost like favoritism and one thing Uh. if i could just before we finish it's not crony capitalism, okay? Because capitalism doesn't rely on favorites, favoritism from the tyrants in control. Capitalism is capitalism. Crony capitalism is not capitalism. Or if you want to say it this way, it's not free market. Right. So if, if you win in the free market by who you know in government, and that's the main, a main trigger on whether you're winning, that's not capitalism. That's just, you know, favoritism bundled right. in a kind of a free market-ish looking thing. Hey, guess what? There are successful, quote, businessmen all over China. Uh-huh. Is that really free market? Or how many of those people say, and I don't care about what the Chinese regime says. No, they agree very quickly and wholeheartedly on, on oh, yes, yes, the Chinese regi- regime is great. Oh, absolutely. That's, what, right. uh, that's not free market. No. So I, I know I hear crony capitalism and know technically what they mean, right. but it's not real. It's it, not real. it gives a false, like if you felt like tomorrow you could compete evenly with everybody out there, you'd feel pretty good. Yeah. Right? If, if you felt the, the playing board was level, you'd feel decent, but yeah. you know it's not. Yeah. 
like I don't not... have I don't have the buying power, nor do I have the capability of the charging power to be able to charge to make the money in a big accounting firms have that the, the top level people that literally never have to reconcile a thing, the money that they're making, I would never I would never have that, but they've also sold their souls, so um, I I take my freedoms of a lot better than they but I can through a lot of work I can build a company I can build a company that could compete with other smaller companies and try to keep the crud out of it but I do think that once you start getting bigger that's when all the bad stuff starts happening all the things that you have to do to cut the corners to you start chasing that yeah, favoritism you start, yeah you, you want that stuff and um, I, you know, I just kind of stay on the low, I kind of stay out, stay low down and, and have people come to me and, and, um, try to help them be successful. So, all right. Well, that is our show for today. We just, you know, like I said, I've still have, I think I've earned a gobstopper. I know you can have one of the almonds. I'm not going to chew, chew on anything for a little while with this, <laughs> with this crown. Hey, the burrito was delicious, though. You did. Nice and soft, yeah. I got the fajitas with the chicken and the steak. I like to eat the, because I can just eat it with a, you know, whatever, and I don't have the tortilla, because I have to think that's extra calories, and I'll just take the meat part of it. I, you know, just, it's the way I do it. I like the Hawaiian, they didn't have Hawaiian fajitas there tonight. I like it with pineapple. It's kind of good. All right, guys, thanks so much for taking your time to continue to listen to our podcast. Shout out to all of our fans that like to send messages and contact us. We love you guys. Um, Thank you so much for continuing listening as we try to grow the show even bigger and better. Uh, Go to Chemology411 on Facebook and check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks, Tyson, for helping make Chemology 411 as awesome as ever. Thank you. Next episode, 130, and that's just regular episodes. Yep, just... I think I had said on the scales of truth recently, because sometimes I, you know, try to at the end discuss that I'm on Chemology, that we had like 200. Did I exaggerate a little bit? I know we you do. Over, I know have, you do, whether or not we have, we with have our extra episodes, quite 200. Um... I think we've been doing systematic chaos. Probably, probably. have 40 episodes of that. Yeah. Yes. So we're probably at 170, 180 anyway. Yeah. Somewhere around but there. But I know there's over 200 shows on there. I still actually have one of our episodes I have to get uploaded. I just need to get around to doing it. You It'll just get need there. To get around and over and scale It'll the truth. Get there. I am. I think I'm about 105 episodes, 106 episodes now. Very good. So All right, lot guys. A lot of, lot of content for you guys to listen to here and there. All right. Well, I'm heading off to Branson, so I'm going to head off to an adventure. You guys keep taking all of your adventures, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.